Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We are in this series called uh, The Best Is Yet to Come. And uh, I always like to tell you where we're going before we get there. One more week, uh, next week in this series, and then in the month of February, uh, I always teach, uh, almost always teach uh, about relationships. I'm actually going to begin a new series we're calling Pretty Little Liars. Um, I'm going to talk to you about the lies that the devil convinced you of that you and I believe and live our lives out uh, in our relationships. One of them is that you can do it alone. You can't do it alone, everybody. <laughs> That's a lie. And so we're going we're gonna to work through that uh, in February. But I want to finish this season um, strong. I love January preaching. I love this uh, type of preaching. If you ever uh, buy a book that I will write, if you ever uh, want to know a life message, you could probably go back and listen to everything I preached to you in January, and that would be a life message uh, for you. And that is that God isn't through with me yet. Say amen to that. That God celebrates when I take a step. Psalm 37 says it like this. Psalm 37 says the steps of good men, good women... Good people are, everybody say directed. They aren't taken for you, they're just directed for you. They're not taken for you, they're directed for you. People get saved and they say, well, I thought things were going to get better. Well, things had the chance to get better, you just had to step in the right direction. You, you got you to walk the way God says walk. You got to do what God says do. You got to participate in the plan. You got to be a part of the miracle. Say amen to that, everybody. I gotta, I'm not letting anybody else decide. I'm letting God decide the direction of my life. God isn't interested in you getting it perfect. He's not always, He's not interested in your perfection. He is infinitely interested in your direction. And God directs the path, the steps. Of good people, and he delights in every step they take. You ever looked at your life and think to yourself, "This ought to be easier." Anybody but me than this. Anybody, anybody? I'll, I'll go further than that. Anybody started this January, Mike Page, and thought this is supposed to be easier at this point in my life. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought it would have been worked out by now. I thought we'd have had. To, anybody been married over ten years? Let me see the ten years and above. Keep your hands up. Anybody get to a certain point in your marriage and you think, I thought this was going to get easier. <laughs> Anybody raise kids above uh, a 10 years old? Let me see everybody with kids. Above. You, did you get to a certain point where you thought, I thought this was getting easier and it's getting harder. You know, it, this isn't getting any easier. This is getting harder. This is, I thought serving God was easy. Any, anybody been saved 10 years, 15 years? And, and you, you may have thought to yourself, man, I thought I would have whipped some stuff in my life. I thought I would have already passed that and conquered that. And I thought, I thought marriage was supposed to be easier. Where's all my dating people at or trying to date? Where, where are you at? That's okay. You can keep your hand down. You don't want nobody to see you. But I, uh, I thought that would be easier. I thought it would be easier to find somebody. You know, I know what I'm looking for in my 20s or my 30s. Why is it so hard? Why are, why are all these men still living with their mamas? Why are all these, why are all these uh, women, you know, so uh, insecure? What, I thought this would be easier. I thought dating would be easier. I thought marriage would be easier. I thought, 
I thought walking out of depression would be easier. You know, I, 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 I took the course. I read the book. I thought breaking this habit would be easier. You know, I, I, I just I thought I could just set it down. I told myself when I picked it up that I could just set it down. I, I, I thought it would be easier to walk away from this habit. I thought raising kids in this culture would be easier. We picked a good school. Brandy and I are blessed to be able to have our, our two children in, in, in private Christian education. And I thought it would be easier than it is. And I thought, well, if, I, if I'll just do that, then, then it'll be easy. It's not easier, everybody. <laughs> Listen, I pay taxes to put them in public school and I pay uh, private school to be able to do. It's just not easier. Are you with me, everybody? I thought, I thought handling money God's way would just be easier. I thought it should be easy. This is simple. I thought, you know, I get saved and then Creflo Dollar said that I get a jet. You know, and I thought I'm waiting on my jet. And I'm just, I love Creflo Dollar. I'm just saying, I, I wish, I just thought it would be easier. I thought, I, I thought developing a prayer life would be easier. I could just pray, Jeremy, and I could talk to God. And it would be easier. I thought developing a, a consistent Bible reading would be easier. I love to read any other book. I thought reading the Bible would be easier. I thought life would be easier. Am I the only one, or will you say amen if you've ever had that thought? I thought it would be easier. Look into my eyes. Let me, I'm going to start with real positive on week three. It should not be easy. Life is hard. Write that at the top of your page. If you're under the age of 45, this message is dedicated to you. Life is hard. Anybody over 45 say amen. It's just hard. It's hard. It's work. It's Hard work. I, I want the marriage they got. No, you don't. It's hard. I want the job they have. No, you don't. It's hard. I want the home they have. No, you don't. Because you got to work like they work to get what they got. And it's hard. And I meet people all of the time who genuinely, I'm not making fun. I'm telling you, I deal with this emotion. I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm not, being, I'm not disparaging your, your feelings. I have these feelings where I go to God and go, Brandon, God, I thought this would be easier. I thought planting a church would be easier. I thought getting a building permit would be easier in Jesus' name. I thought it would be easier to do what I'm doing, but it's not because we live in a fallen world where sin is in control of this world, and it's hard. Faith, write this down. Faith doesn't keep you from hard times. Faith keeps you in hard times. Most people believe if I get saved, if I, get, if I pray more, if I'm fasting in 21 days, if I read my Bible every day, if I'm in marriage counseling, if we serve on the dream team, if I tithe, then it's going to get easier. No, faith doesn't keep me from hard times. Faith is the strength that I pull from, the well that I have on the inside of me when I walk through hard times. It's in hard times. That's why David said in Psalm 9... The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. 
The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. You need to make that your verse this week. Psalms 9, 9 and 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of trouble. Now here's what i got to tell you because we quote this. We memorize this. By the way, you ought to be memorizing scriptures like this. That's why David said, I've hid your word in my heart. You ought to memorize Psalm 9 and 9. If the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, that means there are going to be times you are oppressed. The Lord can't be a refuge if you don't have... The Lord is a strong... We like to claim this promise, Kessler. I like to hold on to this and scream, God's my refuge and God's my stronghold. Yeah, He's a stronghold in times of trouble because He knows there are going to be times of trouble. And I can't know God is a stronghold if I've never been through trouble. And I can't know God is a refuge if there aren't seasons of my life, weeks of my life, Januarys that I walk through that I feel like I'm more oppressed than it's supposed to be. That it's hard. Marriage is hard. Business is hard. Ministry is hard. Raising kids is hard. Staying positive is hard. Keeping your mind right is hard. Thinking the right things is hard. Containing your emotions is hard. Fasting is hard. The right stuff coming out of your mouth is hard. The problem is... We want life to be easy, and when it's not easy, we just give up. Now, I'm preaching to people today that you've got to get more grit inside of you, and if you're going to have the best is yet to come kind of year, if you're going to walk in the faith I'm preaching to you this January, you're going to have to get some grit that says, I am not going to give up because it's hard. Any opposition, I meet Christians, not y'all, but people that come to second service, they can't even get up early, that, 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 that say, if it's hard, it must not be God's will. Oh, pastor, this seems, this seems, I don't think this is God's will. Tell me why. Well, because, you know, it was, I, they didn't call me back on the first call. Pastor, I don't think I'm supposed to go back to school. Why? Well, because then I'd have to take a second job and then I'd have to. I, pastor, I don't, think, I don't think we're supposed to go to counseling. Why? Well, because, you know, it's on Thursday nights and football. And I mean, I can't, you know, I can't. That's probably your problem. I, I, I don't know. I, this is, just seems hard. Any pushback from the enemy and you start... I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Holy Ghost filled people like you and me. We say when it gets hard, it must not be God's will. you got to open this book up, my brothers and sisters. When you look in this book, the, the sign of God's will is it gets harder, not easier. <laughs> The sign that I know I'm doing the right thing, pushing the right way, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back against the enemy's plan in my life, is not that things ease up. It's that, oh my gosh, this just got harder, Daryl. I didn't realize I was going to walk through this in December. I didn't realize I was going to walk through this in January. I didn't realize this was going to be this hard. I must be on to something. God must be moving in my life. Harvest, write this down. I didn't put it on the screen, but write this down. Harvest is hard. Now, I'm a word of faith kind of preacher. I, I asked my wife the other day, we was riding in the car, and I said, do you think I'm a word of faith preacher? She, she thought for a moment, so i got to do better. <laughs> and then she said, yes. She said, yeah, I think I'm a word of faith kind of preacher. I, I preach words like harvest, and, and God is going to come through, and God is on our side, and God is our refuge, and very he's a present help in, in times of trouble, and God can make a way. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And I'm living on the top side and not the bottom side, and I'm the head and not the tail. But harvest, my brothers and sisters, doesn't come easy. Harvest is hard. 
I like to sing songs just like you do. This is my season. It's a new season. It's a new day. Walls are falling. I love singing songs like this. Walls are falling down. Victory is at hand. It's harvest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, I believe all that. But I think we've sold you a false sense of if you'll just sing it out loud, if you'll just raise those hands and cry a little bit, and you'll just, man, if you'll just get goosebumps all up and down your arms and suddenly God would come through and it'll be easy for you. No, no, no. All that stuff you're singing about victory and harvest and healing, all that stuff's hard. All that stuff is a process. There's a process to harvesting. I I grew up in the delta of um, Arkansas. I grew up in eastern Arkansas, southeastern Arkansas. It's terrible. It's not pretty. Any duck hunters? Where's all my duck hunting? Uh, We talked about hunting in Stuttgart. Have you you hunted in Arkansas? The reason duck hunting works is because it's just flat and there ain't nothing there. Nothing but dirt and cotton fields and big marshes and it's terrible and it's not pretty and it's a depressed uh, area and uh, uh, anyway th- this is where uh, I, I come from but my uncle uh, was a farm anybody who is able to stay in eastern Arkansas farms it's the only industry there there's no other there's you don't have any other job you either own it or you lease it or you work for somebody who owns it or leases a farm and uh, I had an uncle who had. Uh, my grandparents had uh, hundreds of acres. Had an uncle who had thousands of acres of uh, farmland and uh, cotton and soybeans and 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 milo and and he and he had horses and and we would ride and it was a it was a it was a great time. But I remember as a child there was a season when we wouldn't see him for weeks and weeks and weeks on months on end. I, I remember vividly having the conversation: Where is? Where where does where does he go? Like why why isn't he home for dinner? Why can't he come over on the weekends? Why 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 is why does he only take time out for church and then he's back on the farm? And the reason was it's harvest time. And if you don't harvest correctly, and the, you just got a window of harvest, and then the, the crops begin to fail, they'll, they'll start rotting there. And all of that money, all of that effort, all that time you spent the last nine months, ten months pouring into this field, you, if, you don't, if you don't work this season right, you'll waste all of that harvest. Listen to me. Harvest didn't, he didn't just work nine, ten months worth of planting and then suddenly everything jumped in a barrel, everything jumped on a combine, everything just jumped into barns and he was able to sell it all and, and that's how the farm worked. No, no, no. It was sun up to sundown and most days it was before the sun and after the sun because it was harvest season and harvest is a process. And I think sometimes Christians believe my harvest is just showing up. Now that's some of it, but that's not all of it. My harvest is just I prayed more. I prayed one time more this week than I prayed last week. That's part of it. That's not all of it. There's there's a process. God doesn't build buildings. God builds boulders. And then you and I have to hew that rock out, make that into stone, and start building our own buildings. Are you with me? God never made a single mansion until the New Jerusalem. God just makes mountains and you got to carve them out, clear all the land, cut all the timber and build your own mansion. Are you with me? Harvest is a process. God doesn't make tables. God handcrafts trees and you got to chop it down. You got to mill that wood and you got to make your own table. And some people falsely believe when I get saved, when I do the right thing, when I have faith that that means I don't have any Problems. I don't have any work, but there's still work, and life is hard, and harvest is a process. Are you there? Say amen. God doesn't just drop a dream in your lap. 
God gives you all of, listen to me, this is a word for somebody. God gives you all of the tools and all of the experiences and all of the hurt of your life and all of the successes of your life and all the setbacks of your life and all of the, uh, the progress of your life. And you take all of that and you mix it together with faith and you produce a harvest. You didn't hear me, so I'll teach it to you again. You take all of the, the, even the bad stuff. You take all the experiences of your life. Well, there's no way God could use the hurt of my, oh yeah. There's no way God could use this miscarriage. Yeah, he can. There's no way God could use that divorce. Sure he can. There's no way God could use this cancer diagnosis. Yeah, he could. There's no way God could use this hard season, this bankruptcy, this foreclosure. You bet he did. God uses all of that stuff in your life. You mix it with faith and then you keep going. And before long, you have harvest in your life. But when you look back, harvest did didn't just happen. Harvest was a process of getting knocked down and getting back up and getting a punch to the eye and standing back up and losing and winning and mixing it with faith and staying in the fight. It's a process to harvest. It, has anybody walked through anything in your life? You're on your way to harvest. You can't give up when it gets hard. You can't go out. You can't just say, I'm done with church. I'm done with God. I'm done with faith. I'm done. No, no, no. When it gets hard, that means I must be on to something. The old preacher used to say, why, why are you fighting the devil like you are? Because if, if you weren't fighting the devil, that means he's caught you. Come on, somebody. I, I, listen, I want to keep fighting that thing off. I just, I just, it may be a fight all of the time, but at least I know I'm not just laying down and taking the beating. I'm getting back up and fighting for the harvest of my life. I'm fighting for what I need in my marriage, in my job, in my finances, in my ministry. Say amen to that. Anybody had a reason not to move forward? If anybody had a reason to stop and say, this is too hard, it was Abraham. I've been teaching to you about Abraham. Let me give you quickly this story. Abraham's father's name is Terah. I don't have time to teach it to you, but if you look back in Genesis, I got too much on my pulpit. If you look back in Genesis, Genesis 10 and 11, 9, 10 and 11, really uh, start talking about Terah and Abram. And, and, and the Bible uh, uh, talks about uh, the problems of his life. Abraham's daddy. Uh, it's the descendants of Noah. I was researching a little bit about this and talking to some of our team in the office. Most people believe that Noah is alive at the same time Abram is alive. As a matter of fact, Abram probably heard about the God of heaven from Noah. You believe this? Noah was 950 years old. He lived 350 years after the flood. And it's more likely than not that Abram heard about God from Noah. It's more likely than not that Noah's father was alive when Seth, Adam and Eve's third son, was born. So in three generations, it's more than likely that Abram heard about the creation and the goodness of God orally from three people who were alive almost at the same time. Isn't that crazy? And yet, he's got problems. Now you would think somebody that has a direct connection to Adam and Eve and the God that, that created everything. You'd think somebody who could hear it firsthand. I mean just three generations down. You would think surely that guy has no problems. That's not true. You read Genesis 9, 10, 11. It talks about Terah. Number one, if he had a reason to stop, it was this. He comes from a family of failure. A family of failure. The Bible talks about Terah's family worshiping idols. 
You may tell yourself, there's no reason I can win. You don't know where I come from. You don't know what kind of family I got. Listen to me. Just because you don't come from faith doesn't mean faith can't come from you. Just because you don't come from faith doesn't mean faith can't come from you. Well, my daddy was an alcoholic. That doesn't mean you've got to be bound by alcoholism. Well, my daddy had a, left my mama. That doesn't mean your marriage has to fall apart. Just because I don't come from faith doesn't mean faith can't come from me. Tara could have said, man, we worshiped idols. This is what we've always done. But somewhere along the way, he heard about the God of heaven and he said, I think I'm going to give that a try. Just because you didn't come from peace doesn't mean you can't have peace. Just because you didn't come from joy doesn't mean you can't have joy. Just because you didn't come from a positive family doesn't mean you can't live a positive life. Say amen to that, everybody. Number two, the the reasons why that Tara Abram could have gave up, he had a ton of missed opportunities and incomplete disobedience in his life. You may think to yourself, well, I've messed up too far. Abram could have thought the same thing. I've missed the opportunities. I've done the wrong thing. I've messed up too far. God can't forgive me. God can't still use me. It can't still work out in my favor. Abram could have said this. God calls Abram, Acts, the seventh chapter. Stephen is retelling the story of Abraham. And Stephen tells in Acts 7, he says that Terah and Abram were called while they were in Ur. And then God calls him again a second time. I want you to hear today that God is the God of a second chance in your life. That you haven't missed out just because you made a mistake. That you don't, you're not missing out on the future or destiny God has for you just because it didn't work the last time. Just because you disobeyed the last time. Just because you missed an opportunity. I don't believe in missed opportunities with God. God doesn't trick you with a carrot and go, if you don't get it right now, it's not going to work. That's not the way God works in your life. God opens up doors in your life. God gives you pathways. The Bible says He makes all of your crooked ways straight in your life. God, God isn't just dangling a carrot and if you don't miss it, if you don't get it at this season, then you've missed it completely in your life. No, no, no. That's not the way God works. Genesis 12 and 1 says, The Lord said to Abram, had said to Abram, Go from your country, go from your people, go from your father's house to the land I'll show you. Now I told you this. He already disobeyed because he went with his father and he went with his whole family. It wasn't spectacular his faith in the beginning but God wasn't looking for spectacular. He was looking for people to take a next step. And you'll disqualify yourself from having a great year. You'll disqualify yourself from a deep spiritual life. You'll disqualify yourself from a deep marriage. You'll disqualify yourself from joy and happiness and peace simply because you made a mistake in the past. But I want you to hear today, God is a God who call you again and again and again and again. Say amen to that. Then Abram had no clear direction. Number three, he had no clear direction. Didn't know where he was going. He tells God, okay. I'm ready to go. Now, where do I go? <laughs> you ever felt like that with God? Okay, God. All right. I'm ready to step into my ministry now. What is that again? <laughs> all right, God. I'm ready to follow you now. Where are we going again? Okay, God. I'm ready to. I'm ready to make a turn. But I, tell me. Tell me all the steps again. God says you're going to go to the land I will show you. No, I'd rather go to the land you have shown me. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. I'm going to go to the land I will show you. You can always make an excuse. Excuses will always present themselves. And you get to choose. Write this in your notes this way. When I make room for excuses, 
I don't have room for expectation. When I make room for excuses, well, this is why. Well, this is why I can't. Well, this is why we don't. This is why I can't serve. This is why we don't tithe. This is why I can't come to prayer. This is why I can't have a, have a happy marriage. This is where I can't come from. This is, this is why I can't get over this. This is why I can't have joy. I'm predisposed to this. I, I, I come from this. I, I, I messed up too far from this. You can either make room for excuses or you can make room for expectation, but you cannot make room for both. This church was built on expectation, not excuses. Can I brag on you for 30 seconds, everybody? The reason I love this church is your resilience. You still show up in an elementary school. Somebody asked me the other day, are, are you still in that school? I said, nope, we're in another one. <laughs> no, we're not still in that one. We moved four other times since then. I could get down and out and tell God why we can't, why we can't reach people, why we can't serve people, why we can't be the church of outreach, why we can't be the church where the Spirit of God moves, why we can't have revival, why people can't get saved, why we don't baptize people Why we don't have good kids ministry Why we don't have women's small groups Men's small groups Student ministry I could make all the excuses in the world But this church was built on expectation That I'll show up and give my best And do my best And God will make up the difference And the best is yet to come in our life And you keep showing up And, and Kendall kicked us out That's okay we'll go to the AMC AMC closes down That's okay we'll go to the embassy Embassy kicks us out We'll go to Van Rob And in Jesus name if they kick us out I'm moving on to a permanent building I'm telling you you got to have expectation in your life You're in a place of expectation Shout amen from that you gotta, you got to decide in your life I'm going to accept the, all the excuses I could make or I'm going to expect God to work a miracle in my life So many of us have amazing potential Listen to me this is what I got to tell you. If you don't hear anything else, I got to tell you this. And I don't have long to tell you. So many of us have amazing, awesome potential on the inside of us. We just don't have a problem big enough to reveal it. Let me tell you that again because that, that didn't hit you as hard as it needs to. You have amazing, incredible, God-ordained, champion-like, spirit of the living God, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. On the inside of you, potential and purpose and destiny and champion. Come on, giant slaying kind of faith. You have it on the inside of you. If you follow Jesus, if you're, if you're born again, if God's spirit lives on the inside of you, you have that inside of you. The problem is you don't have a problem big enough to bring it out of you. Let me teach it to you like this. If it, You can make her blind and deaf. And you'll get Helen Keller. You wouldn't know Helen Keller if it wasn't for blind and deaf. You got to have a problem. Are you catching me? That's big enough on the inside of you. You could burn him so severely that the doctors say he'll never walk again. And you'll make Glenn Cunningham. And Glenn Cunningham set the world records for the four minute mile. You wouldn't know the name Glenn Cunningham. And he wouldn't have set a world record for the four minute mile. Had he not been burned all over his body. There was a problem big enough that pushed his purpose to the surface. 
You, you can make him love music and you can make his, his hearing leave and make him deaf. And Beethoven will still write his ninth symphony even though he never heard it with his natural ears. You wouldn't know the ninth symphony of Ludwig von Beethoven had he not gone deaf. That's what made it's the problem that produced the purpose of his life. It's the hardest time of his life. You can lock him up in an Alabama prison cell and try to influence and silence him. But Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. still had a dream and his voice still echoes in the halls of history. Why? Not because it was easy, but because it was hard. And the hard, the problem, produced the purpose of his life. You can either allow your obstacles to keep you down or become the opportunities of your life. You can either let every setback hold you back or you can let it turn you into victory. The place of your greatest pain and hurt could be the place of your greatest ministry and opportunity and victory. Shout amen to that everybody. You got to make this declaration this year. You got to write this in your notes. You got to put this on your mirror. You got to look at it on your rear view mirror. Come on, put it in your car. Put it on, on the dash. My destiny is greater than my disaster. Say it out loud. My destiny is greater than my disaster. Scream it out loud. My destiny is greater than my disaster. It doesn't matter how bad it's been. It doesn't matter the problem I've walked through. It might be my disaster that very well uh, facilitates and pushes me into my destiny. The easy way doesn't produce the best results in your life. Sometimes the truth isn't even enough to get you moving. Sometimes we need trouble to get us moving. <laughs> I'm preaching. If I had an organist, I'd preach good today. I can tell you all the truth. And some of you have. I'm going to go ahead and preach this way. Some of you have sat in this church five years and hold all this truth every single January. You've heard faith preaching 20 years, 25 years. And it's not moved you whatsoever. You don't need any more truth from me. You need trouble in your life that pushes you out. And says, this is going to make me better. It's refining me. It's growing me. It's stretching me. Come on. In hell's most victorious day the devil lost the keys to his own house he can't win over you you just keep letting him knock you down I've decided to get up and keep going and move forward in victory in Jesus amen. say amen it's always you don't even have organ on there do you Wait till I build a church and I put a Hammond B3 right there. You better start learning, Jonathan, how to play a B3 with them feet moving like this right here. Look at my eyes. It's always too soon to quit. Morgan, it's always too soon to quit. PJ, it's always too soon to quit. Reuben, it's always too soon to quit. Victoria, it's never the right time to give up. Kevin, it's always too soon to quit moving forward. Jeremy, it's always too soon to quit. You know there's only one denomination in heaven, don't you? Paige, hear this prophecy. There's only one denomination in heaven. There aren't Pentecostals. There aren't Baptists. There aren't Lutherans. They're out my brand, your brand, Presbyterian brand, quiet brand, loud brand, spitting brand, falling out brand. <laughs> There's only one denomination in heaven, Paige. It's overcomers.
and you're an overcomer. You look at Revelation 12 and 11. When John sees heaven, he said, all I see here is overcomers. Only people I see in this room are overcomers. Overcame him. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You, you don't have a test, you don't have a testimony. You don't walk through a mess, you don't have a miracle. You don't have a struggle, you're not going to know success. You don't have a setback, you're not going to set up. No, no, no. You got to know. You're an overcomer. And it may take trouble to push overcoming out of you. It may take a hard season. It may take a diagnosis. It may take a hard day, a bad phone call, a manila envelope delivered to your door. It may take a pink slip across the table. It may take the worst season of your life. But if you will not give up, you can be numbered among the overcomers. You're a champion. You're an overcomer. Not just because Jesus died for you. That's part of it. That's the blood of the Lamb. But you're an overcomer because you didn't give up. Because you got a testimony that I made it through the hard times. That I stayed faithful when I didn't want to. Zacchaeus, I keep hearing about how short he was. That's why he's my favorite New Testament character. He could have said, guys, I just can't see Jesus. I just This is my story of my life. It's set up on Friday nights. I have to make Alex get all the stuff on the top shelf for me. I sure wish I could see Jesus. Man, God's just not fair to me. Why would he make me so short? <laughs> Zacchaeus said, I may be short, but I got let. I'll climb up on top of anything. Give me a tree. I'll climb right on top of that. You can just you can live the rest of this year making a reason and excuse why you can't pray. You can't fast. You can't have a healthy marriage. You can't have a healthy body. You can't have an emotional healing. You can't, you, you can't have a marriage that succeeds. You, you can't have a good relationship with your kids. Or you can just decide like Zacchaeus. I don't have this, but I do have this. And if I can't see him down here, I'll climb up where I can see him. Don't let the thing you've been through keep you from what God's calling you to do. They sent John to the Isle of Patmos. They said, I know what we'll do. We'll, we'll silence him. Some of you felt like, I have felt, let me say it that way. I have felt like this January. You send me out here to this island to die. John said, I'll tell you what I'll do. <laughs> the Bible said he got he got in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he wrote 22 chapters. of the, revela the, the actual name of the book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. You may, you, devil, you may thought you sent me out here to die. When I've got faith in God, I'm unstoppable. I'm unbeatable. You can't, you can't kill me out here. You can't, that, that very thing that you thought was going to take me down, no, I just leveraged that. The best gift you may have today is when your plans are destroyed, when trouble shows up, when it's hard. Just keep walking. Just keep moving forward. Just keep overcoming. Come on, bow your heads, close your eyes. Everybody in the room.
You need to make a response today. You need to move forward to God today. You need to say yes to what God's calling you to today. You need to repent for asking God to take away this trouble. No. God, use this trouble. God, use, use all this tough time I've been through. God, I, I, I'm sorry for all the times I thought it was supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Matter of fact, quit blaming the devil. God, I'm sorry for all the times I said it was his fault. It wasn't the devil. God may have sent this to me. Paul would ask God, take this thorn out of my flesh. Three times he said, take this thorn away from me. Take this out of my, I don't don't want this anymore. Take this thorn. And God said, no, no, no. I got to do it so you'll know my grace is sufficient for you. God, I'm sorry for how I've complained the last three weeks of January. I'm sorry for all the times I thought, well, this is too hard over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years of my life. No, no, no. This is developing me. If this message is for you, everybody's eyes are closed. Would you just raise your hand and say, this is for me. Include me in this prayer. I'm walking. I see your hands. I'm walking through the hard season of my life, and I need to know. It's producing in me patience and perseverance and the calling of God, the purpose of God in my life. This will be my testimony season. This will be my overcoming season. I will not give up in this season. Father, I pray for faith to rise. God, I pray. In the, matter of fact, when you feel faith start rising in you, I want you to just stand up all over the room. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. I, I, there are people walking through the hardest seasons of their life, but let faith rise. I, I release the gift of faith in every person, in every heart, in every life, in every situation, in every marriage. I release the gift of faith over every person who feels like giving up, walking away, stepping back. I I release the gift of faith in every single adult who says it's never going to happen. In every marriage who says it's, it's, it's time to give up. I release the gift of faith over every bad doctor's report that said this doesn't look good. I don't know how this is going to work. I release the gift of faith over every parent who's praying for their child who's lost and wayward. I release the gift of faith over every lost and wayward person. God, I pray in Jesus' name for an overcoming gift of faith in the room. God, I pray, reach for people today who need faith to overcome. God, that this trouble is sent not to destroy me. It's sent to develop me. God, I'm going to leverage all of this to develop me into who you want me to be. I'm not giving up. Come on, everybody else, join them on your feet. Hands up in the air all over the house. Come on, every hand raised to heaven. I'm not giving, just make the declaration. I'm not giving up today. It's always too soon to quit. I'm not giving up today. I'm not giving up on God. I'm not giving up on on my purpose. I'm not walking away from the call of God in my life. It's always too soon to stop and to give up and to walk away. God, I'm walking into destiny. God, use it to develop me. God, forgive me for all the times I complained about and worried about and struggled with. God, I am still here. I'm still standing. I'm still moving. And I thank you for faith that's rising in the room. I thank you for faith in every person, in every heart, in every situation. To believe that the best is yet to come. Now while you're on your feet, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, it starts there. If you need to rededicate your life to Christ, it starts today. This is the moment of faith where you decide, God gets my whole life. My faith is in God and His plan, not my plan, not my scheme, not what I think. I'm not going to control it or work it out. I'm going to release it to God. 
If you need to pray that prayer, would you just open your hands and pray, Dear Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you that it made a way for me to come back to God over all of my past, over all of my circumstances, where I come from, my family, my choices, my mistakes, my disobedience, my sin. God, I repent of all of that. I accept the free gift of God. Salvation's come close to me today. I receive forgiveness. Come on, tell him. I receive grace today. Even if you've been saved a long time, just afresh, would you just, would you just receive again grace and mercy into your life? God, I receive it into my life today. Believing you to save me again. God, believing you to wash me again, cleanse me again, make me brand new. God, I'll follow you all the days of my life into the future, into whatever you have planned. I'm here for the ride. The best is yet to come. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.